what's going on everyone it's brian and jim here with drinking beer and play a game and welcome to another episode of the power hour yes hello everyone and welcome to episode 130 thank you for joining us tonight glad to have you unfortunately for us we uh what do you call it we had a guest lined up for tonight but tech issues abounded totally not his fault but uh you know shit happens so for the patrons out there who are expecting a guest things coming next week but it's just good old me and you tonight brian yeah but jim i think we have some special shout outs before we get into the episode yes we do so speaking of buddies of the page uh first up i mentioned this before but uh our buddies rue and longy long they have been working on this game called gelatinous for the game boy a cool little puzzle platformer well more platformer that they're putting together and the kickstarter like it's a mailing list right now as of this recording but tomorrow the 16th it goes live so definitely make sure to get out there and check out the kickstarter uh we'll have a link below to where you can check out their page and yeah it's looking like a cool little project they put together and yeah, speaking of other check that out yep and speaking of other buddies good old friend of the page nerdy nick is coming back to youtube <laughs> finally after nearly a year hiatus and he is he talked to me earlier today about it and he's doing like this whole cinematic thing for his like little intro back so he's going full force into it so definitely make sure to keep an eye out for that link will be below to his page make sure to subscribe if you have not already of course you should be by now but make sure you do great guy jim is there any doubt he's our best promo man going oh hick nick That's best good promo in the business <laughs> the gym nut slapping i was gonna say i don't appreciate the nut slapping but you know <laughs> small sacrifices i got to take but Jim, you deserve the nut slaps. Come on. I do not, not deserve Jim. the nut slaps. Jim. No one I do not deserve die. the nut slaps. I do not look like Ricky Burke, no matter what you and your goddamn brothers say. Jim, can you just do can you do me a favor? No. Can you look at the camera? No. Can you stick your tongue out for one second? Never. Jim, I just need to put a picture up. I just I wanna let the fans decide. Do I need to put the glasses on? I think you should. <sighs> I'm saying looking at a Twitter. There's been multiple accounts of people saying they thought this was Jim. So do I? So I gotta do the gotta do the Go whole ahead, thing. Jim. Go ahead. All right. So on it's. I said it's especially you're like him if you add water. You know it like. I'm, I'm more pumped big. up. Yes. Yeah. I'm, <laughs> Jim, I'm just saying. <laughs> you look more hydrated. That's a new way to put it. Jim, I'm just saying like our good buddy uh, uh, Joe Bob. Likes to say, you're the Fluffy Puff. Thank you, Farmer <laughs> Joe Bob. Thank you so much. And uh, he comes from a Deutschland, so come on, Jim. Yes, I know. I'm glad. We're, I'm so glad we're international now. <laughs> the Fluffy goes international. <laughs> Bob's a good guy. Very, very good, Brian. Thank you so much. So, Jim, Thank you, what, are you, what are you drinking to help with your pain right now? Uh, there's never enough to help my pain, Brian. But I'm trying tonight with from the Smutty Nose Brewing Company, the Blackberry Sour. So I actually picked up a whole sour sampler from them. And funny story with uh, Smutty Nose, like 10 years ago, one of the first times I really tried to dip my toe into craft beer, I randomly bought a case of their IPA. And I was like, oh, this, this has some interesting, like, you know, they had the old school 1920s photography on there. Had an eye-catching look to it. So, a world different from this fucking minimalist bullshit they got going on now. But, uh, yeah, so I got it, and I took a sip, and I went, oh, my God, this tastes terrible. Because it was the most bitter thing I'd ever had in my life up until that point. And it took me, like, a good four months to finally, like, finish that case. And that's with giving it to other people who also went, oh, my God, what the hell did you buy? 
So, it figured I, I love me some sours. Haven't had Smutty Nose since then. And yeah, it's only 4.2% and it's extremely, extremely smooth. And I'm actually almost, because of our tech issues, I'm almost done my second one already. So as you can see, like, no head, no lacing, almost looks like fruit punchy wine-ish. But, yeah, it's got nice little, you know, subtle-ish tart to it. It kind of lays in his stomach a little heavier than I would expect, but, man, it's, as a sour, it's fine. I was going to say, every time I've ever had a Blackberry anything, it definitely, it, not that it's, like, super sweet, but it's definitely not on the tart side. It's, it is a little bit more more sweeter than other sours I've had. Yeah, for sure. Yeah. Yeah, but yeah, I've noticed that too. With some of those big cans of sours, man, they lay fucking heavy for 4.2%. Mm-hmm. I don't know if it's the sugar from the fruits or what it is, but it, it always does lay a little, a little little bit heavy. Yeah, I uh, I don't know what the hell to call this, but this is from Southern Tier. It's called their Harvest IPA. and Or, I'm sorry, their ha- Harvest Autumn IPA. The best thing I can consider this, this is like their bastardized version of a pumpkin beer mixed with an IPA because it's got a lot of the same spices like the nutmeg. I don't think quite cinnamon, but like a lot of those autumn and pumpkin flavors mixed with the bitterness of an IPA. So it's like a lot of games we play, Jim, where it's like it tries to be too many things and it doesn't do either one of them especially great Mm. so you're kind of left with either wanting an ipa or wanting like a pumpkin beer so yeah i saw it it looked interesting um Ah, the bland the bland metroidvania of beer (laughs) that's yeah it's a very meh beer like if you want to try something in between this is what it is it's the (laughs) day walker of beers i don't know well there you go but speaking, hopefully you've been had a little bit more luck with your game and lazily by. So, what? I cannot talk. What the <laughs> fuck? Hopefully you have had more luck lately with your gaming, Bry. That is what I tried to say the um, first time. Yeah, so I played a significant amount more gaming these this past week. So one of the interesting things, and it's a really hot topic right now in gaming, especially for the Dead by Daylight community, which is a very odd community, but... um. Jim, do you remember once Call of Duty really decided to go down the path of skill-based matchmaking? Yes. And how, to a lot of people, that ruined the game? Yes. That's what Yes, Brian, that I... did ruin games I was paired in with you on a team. <laughs> <laughs> Shut up, Jim. <laughs> um, yeah, so Dead by Daylight decided to do that. And in practice, I thought it was a good idea because... Um, the simplest way to describe it is you have a level for your survivors and a level for your killers. Um, but the bad thing was each killer plays so different that if, say, you were like the highest rank possible and you decide, let me try a killer I've never played as, you're still going against really high rank people with someone you've never played, so you're going to get fucking smoked. Nope. So the skill-based matchmaking came in and said, Every single killer has its own individual rank now, which I liked because now, okay, like I won't be going against whatever. But the problem is as survivors, you're still like going to be lumped in with the highest tier no matter what. And as the killers, um, once you get to a certain tier, every survivor is going to be using kind of the same perks. Just like Call of Duty, everyone runs the same guns, same perks. They're sweaty as shit. 
and they just want the win because, God forbid, you just have fun at the higher, more competitive levels and just fuck around. No, you can't do that. You gotta have the best shit. Um, so a lot of people, streamers, uh, uh, like people who make YouTube videos, are like quitting the game because of it. Now I Bitches. kind of enjoy it because I'm also by no means am I that good at the game. So like I'm still floating around and I hop from a killer to killer. It hasn't been that bad for me, but I could see where that would be a problem if I did dedicate a lot of time. And I also played as the new uh, Hellraiser killer, which was really cool. Um, outside of that, fucking Hades, man. Hoo-wee. I've been continuing to stream. I keep getting to Hades. That fucking second reincarnation of him keeps getting me. So it's a game that, like, like when we spoke to Pam... Um, once I beat it, I may be able to just walk away. As much as I do like the the amount of new shit you can unlock, and there is so much more to keep doing, it is a drain of like, oh my god, it is an endurance. Like my wrist and my arm was starting to hurt from like how often I'm like hitting the buttons again. I felt like a kid again doing the NES and Super NES. Um, outside of that, did beat the Alien Three on the NES. We'll talk about it and played the Super NES and genesis version of it so i can't believe how different all three games were like i always kind of knew about it but i've never invested much time in those games so it'll be something we all get to but what about you chambers what have you been playing dude i haven't had dick for time this past week to do any goddamn gaming like i did a little bit more for my little halloween retrospective i'm gonna be doing uh coming up so getting a lot more gameplay footage actually i have a stack over here it's like fucking gigantic right now of like how i want to split up between the videos but yeah, besides that, really nothing new or nothing significant. Just a lot of play a game till I game over, get the footage, move to the next one. Now let me ask you, when you're playing those games, are you setting time limits for yourself for how long you're playing? Or are you just playing till you feel like stopping? Till I feel like stopping. So is there any games that you start playing that you're like, oh man, I forgot how much I like this, and then you end up playing too long? You know what? I actually wound up playing Splatterhouse three may way way, way, way more. more way more than I was expecting. Because like when we did the reviews, fuck what five six years ago at this point, yeah, like that was by far our least favorite. And like going back to it, I'm just like, man, oh, it's, it's a actually great game. Yeah, it actually plays really smooth. It's just hard as dick. Like it's too hard for its own good. But of those old sixteen bit games, it's the it's definitely the smoothest. It just that t- fucking time limit that thing and it is it is marketably a little more difficult i felt like well by like level two like the enemies can like two shot you so like exactly like the game does not fuck around but now i was like oh man i forgot i forgot how good this was Mm -hmm. but yeah i mean there's still some that i you know played and i was like oh yeah i still hate this like chikanda forever man still fucking hate that game (laughs) stuff like that so were any of the games you played ones you've never played yet? Um, some of them kind of were. Uh, like Alien 3, for one. Like, I really hadn't sat down with Alien 3 at all until I started to get some gameplay footage for that. So I was like, oh, that's what this is like. Or even, you know, I know you did the review on it, but I never really sat down uh, with uh, Friday the 13th on the NES. Mm-hmm. And I just recently gotten that. And, uh, yeah, that's the thing. It's a, it's a game. Exists. You know what it is? It's another one. It's a, it's a good idea. Good, good, very good idea. Like, hey, I like I'll, the idea. Yeah. Let me ask you. Um, 
playing that at a minimum. I think the quickest and easiest save for that would be a better map system and a some way quicker to like quick travel. Something to that effect. Yeah. Like those that like everything else I can kind of be okay like the goofiness of how you throw shit and everything else, like I can kind of get over it. Like you can compensate for it really quickly. Even the throwing, I didn't find that to be that big a problem. It, it's just, yeah, it, it's an it's an odd game because, like, like we said, it is a good concept. It just, yeah, execution leaves a lot to be desired. They, they could they could have weaned you a little more into before Jason could just like womp on you. Mm-hmm. Instead of being like running around, oh Jason killed me. Oop, gotta replay the whole game and get killed before I figure out how to do it. Yep. I forget Which, who's there's the girl and the guy who are really good at the beginning. Was her name like Meg or Jen? I forget nah, who not. it was. One but one of them like they can jump marketably higher. And the thing is, unlike other games, I don't remember. They don't do they have the stats next to them when you're picking them, or do you just discover it as you're playing with them? Um, I think you discover as you're playing with what each one is strongest with. Yeah, because some of them, like, yeah, they jump better, they throw things better, or whatever. But it doesn't do a great job explaining that kind of shit to you. Oh, no, it does do a good job explaining shit. <laughs> how much uh, How much you pay for that for the Friday 13th? I think I, think I paid, like, 10 to 12 something like that. That's not bad. Yeah, it's a good price. Yeah, yeah no, it wasn't terrible. So it's like, yeah, I mean, I'm not really going to touch it. Any, that much more ever again yeah. probably but uh yeah it's not it's not that expensive that i'm just like oh, okay i'm really pissed it's whatever now jim are you a big friday the 13th movie fan no nah, i mean i watch i watch them but like i've never been like this super hardcore like you know watched them all on repeat kind of guy so who's your favorite horror icon that has a series not one-offs i mean i think i, I definitely like freddie more than jason just because he has way more personality just like just like your wrestling yeah you like to be a good character the, the skinny weirdo like gold dust <laughs> give me some good personality that's <laughs> interesting okay nice yeah um i i'm very curious as we dip into some of the other alien games what we're going to discover I wasn't amazed at how many goddamn... And I'm not even talking Alien versus Predator and the other shit. I'm saying strictly Alien games. I didn't realize how many there were. There's a ton. A ton, Yep, su- surprising a lot. So, yeah, yeah we, don't, we, don't, we don't have to do them all, Brian. We're not doing that. <laughs> Jim, do a whole 30 days like we did with The Simpsons. No, fuck that. <laughs> Jim. We are too old to do that schedule anymore. <laughs> Jim, we just take a month off of work and just do that. Right, we just take a month off of work, sit down, do that, ignore the family. Does that not sound fun? Actually, doesn't sound too bad. <laughs> Might have to do this. So, so, Jim, while we were talking, I snuck in something here that I think oh, you're going to like. It's beer related. It's a quickie, but it's something I saw, and I was like, oh, I do want to throw this in. And I should mention it's a little old, but what really sparked me was you mentioning the, the uh, label for your beer how like they all go minimalist so this is basically the complete opposite and this is the 11 most offensive craft beer labels of all time oh got my attention (laughs) so let me know when you're in there and we'll we'll go through these one by one and as we're talking about it i will uh i'll throw them up on the screen so you guys can see 
Now, here's the deal. The article, I believe, is from 2017 or 2018. I can't find the, the date on here. Um, so we're not sure if these are still made, but I'm going to put them up either way. All right. So let me guess. The first one's the uh, Southern Star. Yep. So, right. so Southern Star Bombshell Blonde. Um, the I like it. The person's offended because it's a 50-era style, like, woman riding a bomb and it's a busty woman riding a bomb buxom buxom really that offensive jim nah i mean they're just looking for something to be offended by like when i say the most offensive labels no it's it's written by a woman so yeah okay (laughs) all right so the next one this is uh, interesting why don't you read this one jim (laughs) let's see the sweet water brewing happy ending imperial stout uh Okay, it puts a smile on Carabas's face and with uh, it's a little box tissue of box. There and I can't really tell what's in that picture. It like it looks like a bunch of fish or something. Yeah, it's yeah. kind of the the picture quality is not the best. The picture qualities don't float the main mainstream. So obviously, happy ending having the tissue box. You know what they're insinuating, but. Oh, oh, because the beer is called a huge dry hop stiffy. <laughs> oh, grow up. <laughs> like, it's that's Who fucking like, cares. This is like this is like 12 year old humor. Like, it's, it's high school shit. It's yeah. Fine. But but here's Stop. the deal. This beer is from 2014. And this goes back to what Jim and I said. When we first started drinking craft beer, we felt like the labels had a lot more attention, whether good or bad. You, maybe you could even call this the attitude era of beer labels. Um, so the next one we have the Hoin, I guess Hoin, yeah, Hoin Brewing Company's Big Cock Bock. Obviously, twelve-year-old humor. There's a big rooster on the front. Um, and cock, this is from, like a cock. It's from Canada. So yeah, they so they said we're gonna make a bock. Why not say cock? <laughs> big cock bock rolls yeah. off the tongue. I think it's look, look, Brian. If it was made in like you know this year, it'd been called the buck breaking, but. Uh, Bach or something like that. So, well, here's the deal. Could have been way worse. Jim, how many stupid people probably ordered it just to say it? Of course, something <laughs> we would have done. Exactly. We still will try and probably find it if it's still around, which it probably isn't. I can't believe this one's actually next. Yeah, what the hell is offensive I mean, about this? The the name. That's really all it is. But, but referring ahead. to the deity of a major religion. All right, so it's the uh, the sweet baby Jesus by Duclaw. And literally, there's nothing to the label. It's just text. It just says sweet. So it's ba- just because you're saying sweet baby Jesus. This, this, uh, this lady is fun at parties. Which mm-hmm. is, you know, when that came out, that was pretty much after the, uh, the what was the uh, the fucking movie, the, the race movie with Will Ferrell, um, Talladega Nights. I think it was like when they kept saying sweet baby Jesus. Like, I think it was like based after that. Well, yeah, I mean, them and like, Evil Genius had a lot of, uh, you know, the trendy, yeah, meme-ish exactly. kind of name stuff. Blah. Well, the next one, Flying Dog Raging Bitch. Well, it's got a dog on it. It's a dog. And it's, God forbid, you use her name, Bitch. Uh, and, uh, I love uh, this. I'm, and yes, I'm, I'm sure know... all the, the 21 and over people who were fucking buying, who were legal, legally 
buying beer or really offended by the word bitch. Man, this fucking... So here, here's the write-up for this. I just have to mention it. A bunch of offensive beer names and labels have come and gone, but Flying Dog persists, maybe because the labels have an artistic credibility and call forth the gonzo punk of Hunter S. Thompson. <sighs> and yes, while we know bitch can refer to a dog, nobody calls an angry dog a raging bitch. No surprise, the merch for this one is a men's crew t-shirt. Oh, Dear. God, lady. God. Fuck. Oh, the next one is another one. Go ahead, Jim. It's Flying Dog again, by the way. Oh, God. I got to look up this fucking Emily Bell. Hold on a second. So, hold, on, hold on. Yeah, I mean, hold on. I mean I'm, I'm, I'm on it, so. Uh, let's see here. The Flying Dog, Pearl Necklace, Chesapeake Stout. I don't see a problem with this. This beer is also disgusting because it's an oyster stout, and I hate oyster yeah, stouts. Yeah, fuck. I mean, at least the one oyster stout I had, like, you couldn't really taste it. It was just, like, kind of salty. Yeah, but we've had a lot from Flying Dog like that. Flying Dog goes heavy on the salt. Yes. Heavy. But, um, yeah. Do we know what pearl necklace means? Are they being cute by using pearl because of oysters? Yes. Is it a name that's going to make dudes that are the primary ones that drink this stuff laugh? Yes. So... so. Oh, God. What's the problem? I don't even get this one. Oh, Pig Mines Brewing Company PD, California-style blueberry ale. Police Department Purple Dinosaur Positive Discipline. That's what on the side of the label that's dominated by a woman with her panties around her ankle. I I don't know what the PD actually stands for, though. I guess it could mean anything. I guess it could. But... Or does PD means I, I don't know I don't know. It's just, uh, someone. It's just, yeah, it's someone looking to get mad. Yeah, you know. Here you go, Jim. This next one. Which the, this next one that Jim's gonna mention? Oh these come guys, on, Emily! You are way too young to be this boring. Jesus fuck. Ah. <laughs> uh. This next one is a is is I think the king of labels for putting a ton of artwork and and every time i see their beers i want to get it because i love the artwork but go ahead the clown shoes tramp stamp belgian india pale ale that's a it's a fine looking tramp stamp it uh, i like she writes like another repeat offender like a stamp on a tramp this beer is not so subtle at seduction we're invoking the sexist phrase tramp stamp and we're following up by referring to women as tramps in our product description <sighs> Like you said, zero fun. Zero. We know. Oh, God. This girl would hate our wives. Holy shit. Oh, my God. She she would hate us. We should have her on. <laughs> you should. Emily, consider this an open invitation. Yeah. Please come on. Clown Shoes Brown Angel. Not sure where to start here. We'll point out the Clown Shoes. A sexy American. It's a brown ale. So right. we said Brown Angel. But... That's that's it, because uh, uh, okay. We'll just point out the repeat offender clown shoes. Helpfully notes that it isn't an old school brown ale, but a sexy American update. What? 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 I don't get it. You are looking for reasons to be mad over nothing. Well, this next one's kind of just dumb. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, this one's not even like I don't even know what to say about it. All right, the Village Idiot Brewing Company's Thong Remover Belgian Triple. <laughs> and it's like a weird, like, early 
3D animation of a well, the, the label's right here, but like, yeah, of a dog pulling off what do you call it, a like a woman's panties and her giving the old oopsie look. And I'll be honest, and Jim, you know what? Even though we're, we're in this, and there are a ton of female drinkers back in the day when this was out, how many were pounding down Belgian Belgian triples? So, so many? There weren't even a lot of guys drinking a ton of craft beer back in the day. Like, yeah, comparatively really were. to now. So, and, and, and looking at that label, I don't think that would be a go-to for a lot of people either. And, I, and I'm shocked that she didn't, like, she didn't raise a stink about it being called Thong Remover. Just about it being called, about it being Cress. I mean, I that's basically, it. she's just saying, hey, it's a gross label. The label does look like shit, I'll be honest. I would yeah, laugh like if not I good. saw it, but I would just be like, oh, okay. Oh, this next one, because it's fucking hell, German Pilsner, but it's... I'm shocked. Yeah, uh... It's in Austria. Wait. Yeah, I mean, they don't have rules over there. I, who care? Okay, so this was May in 2016. You know what, Jim? We got World get, of difference. We got to get her on. Yeah, I would love to see if that's if that's changed her opinions on any of this. Yeah, we can. Yeah, <laughs> reach out. So you guys, let us know. Are they stupid? Yes. Are they really truly offending you? Like, especially because none of them. It's not like if if these things were plastered all over, like on big billboards. Maybe, but these are all pretty small breweries that you really got to go out of your way to go find a bottle of. Yeah, and I'm sure all these beers, except for like, I know Sweet Baby Jesus is still around, but sure, I'm sure most of these are probably discontinued by now anyway. Yeah, and like Raging If the breweries Rich, are even still around. We yeah. know that's still there, but yeah, I thought you'd get a kick out of that. It's a odd little list I saw. Yeah, it's just, uh, God, it's just fucking, just lighten up. <laughs> All right, Chambers, so we got some new beers with us to uh, help us go through our awesome Patreon questions. So how's that Blackberry beer treating you? It was good. I, uh, I killed them off super quick. They just went right down the gullet. Um, tastes tasty, nice little sour. If normal, like, real crafty, crafty, you know, super strong sours are a little too strong for you, you want something a little on the lighter side, maybe a little bit of a gateway drug kind of sour, it's not a bad one to go with. Nice. So, yeah, I'm just moving on to Ying Light. <laughs> oh, wow. So, I am uh, also going Ying Ling, but I'm going with my Oktoberfest. Oh. So, I've been writing up articles. I have a backlog of about three or four other articles. So I'm going through these Oktoberfest beers. Um, so I'm actually amazed how much variety and different flavors I'm getting from some of these. But uh, this is an old classic. I know you've had it a lot, right? Oh, yeah. I've always liked the Oktoberfest by them. Yeah, it's it's always it's always a solid beer. I mean, all of their beers, to be honest, are underrated. Damn, for darn tootin' right. They're light beer. Well, the light beer itself, yes. Yes, that thing can suck a dick. Yes. <laughs> Agreed. <laughs> so, how about those Patreon questions? Man, if only beer could suck dick. Man, I Damn would never you. leave the house again. Except Shit, to buy more beer. You wouldn't even be a married man. Probably not. You'd get your big cock back and be a happy boy. Hey. <laughs> <Dang. laughs> Gotta get sucked by something. Damn All right, so, it. 
So first up is a makeup question to JD Mains because never fails. I got to remember to check the Patreon questions also by the end of the podcast because someone always sneaks in at the end. But always make sure we hit the questions when they come in. So from JD, are the barrage of movie time video games a thing of the past? I've been burned so many times I can't help it. Uh, think developers sucked all the jelly out of the movie game donut. That said, something like an Expendables beat em up or a side shooter would be badass. Wasn't there an Expendables movie? Yeah, there was the Expendables Bros, um, which is just a side-scrolling shooter, which is so goofy. It's on Steam. I, I, I don't quote me. I don't know if it came out on console. It was actually a really fun game. Like it was just a mindless go through, blow everything up, shoot everything up, and you could be each of the characters from the movie. Um, you know, is there a burnout on it? I don't. The problem is we've there's still been movie movie video games but now i feel like there's so many games that they're getting overshadowed like whereas in the past they don't they don't get like really hyped up for their releases like the last like movie tie-in game i can remember with like any kind of juice behind it was like mad max fury road Mm -hmm. or was it just mad max the game i forget what it's called i can't remember either but like you know and then you have to like question nowadays Anything that's a comic book game, is it, are they tying into the movie? Or are they tying into just the original source material? You have all the Lego games that redid all the movies. And a lot of that, they're really fun. They're just uber repetitive after some time. But I still think they're super, super fun games that throw in way more Easter eggs and are true love letters to whatever game they're doing. They've done Star Wars, Batman, Indiana Jones, Marvel, Harry Potter. Like, you name it, they've probably done it. But I mean, like, look, right, there is, not only is there a game that's being passed around in the meme sphere lately, but it's also a true exclusive for the Xbox series. Bri, that game is Peppa Pig. I saw you, I saw you share that, Jim, but that's not a movie. That's a show. <laughs> hey, still, still licensed, still counts. So here's my question. Um, other than Mar- the Marvel movies... What has been the big movies that would deserve a game? Like, I think the Fast and the Furious actually have gotten in games. Yeah, I think I, they have. I don't know anything about it. So I think, like, if there's if there's a movie franchise or a movie itself that makes enough money, I guarantee you there will be games about it. I think, like, now, though, most of us are wise enough that we tend to skip over them. Or if they get, like, the Mad Max game, which actually got a ton of praise, you know, they'll get looked at. But in the past, it was more... Because it was NES, because like that was the first time you're getting these big movies converted to games, and you didn't have the humongous selection of games you have now, they were more looked at. And like Jim was talking about Friday the 13th earlier. So, yeah, I think I think that no matter what, you're always getting... Like with the new Matrix movie, I guarantee there will be another Matrix game. I would love to see a new Matrix game, because Enter the Matrix sucked. Dude, you Even- didn't like that? I, dude, that game's blue, dude. Even when The Matrix was awesome and that game was brand new and it was like a sign of the times, I still didn't like it back then. See, I actually really liked that game. I, I hated the two characters that you play as because, of course, when you play a Matrix game, you want to be Neo. Right. And you're like, oh, I'm these side characters that were in a movie for 10 minutes. Right. But the mechanics, I loved, like, the bullet time and the fighting mechanics. It was a little tough towards the end, but... Yeah, I, I actually, I know I never played the follow-up sequel where I think you could play as Neo. 
Um, but yeah, Matrix is an obvious choice of why didn't that ever get some kind of super awesome game? Yeah, that's uh, so. I if there's one to expect, it's it's got to be that. So because I mean, there aren't even that many like outside of Marvel like uh, big blockbusters anymore either. Like we're in a weird time for movies for obvious reasons. So. Yeah. Yeah, like Harry Potter's washed up, Lord of Rings done. I mean, like I said, you really have Fast and the Furious. Is, when I'm thinking like franchise titles, that, the Marvel movies, if you want to say DC, but who wants to say that? Um, yeah. I can't, I can't think of any other huge titles that really would deserve a movie. But so, yeah, JD, I think it'll never stop. I think it's just easier to avoid just throwing money at every movie title nowadays. Yeah, I guess the uh, law of diminishing returns really started to hit by the uh, 360 era. That's when they really started to fall off a cliff. Like an Iron Man game that my good buddies got for me. Happy birthday! Wait till I give it to you and you, I'm going to make you finish it as we do a review for it. Happy birthday! <laughs> But yeah, Alex Perez did follow up with him saying, I do miss the random movie tie-in games. While most were definitely shit, there are a handful of current properties that would make for some damn good games. We agree, as oh, we discussed. Sure. Alright, and going on to this week's Patreon questions. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to check this at the end of the episode to make sure we have them all. <laughs> I posted this right after we did last week's episode. So there's no goddamn bitch. I did my part. <laughs> I'm, I'm smart, not like they say. I'm smart. I can do things. I can think. First up from Gamer Astral. Thoughts on cannabis and beer? Yay or nay? Yay to both. Um, Does he mean cannabis and beer? Or like... He just said he... cannabis and beer. So okay. I wonder if he's talking about both as a concept. Because as a concept, yeah. Make it legal. Make everyone be able to drink it. Whatever. Fucking... Put your restrictions to keep it adults. That's fine. I don't give a fuck. Let people do what they want. Yeah. Uh, as far as combining them goes. Now, Bri, you have never imbibed. So I will have to cover this one. Uh, it can be both either the best night, some of the best nights, or some of the worst nights. Because it typically kind of went, if I got, back when I did smoke, if I got high first and then I drank, I was typically okay. But I had to make sure that I didn't really smoke up anymore, which if you're a fucking pot, of course you can smoke more. But if you're drinking first and you're like pretty much drunk and then you smoke, that was just instant. You get the spins like, oh, God, dude. Some of the worst spins of my life were just like doing that combination in that order. Like they say beer before liquor about being sicker. Uh-uh. Be, be drunk as hell and then smoke a fucking fat bowl. You will be puking your ass off. Like you go night night after that. Yeah, like, I'm actually curious. I, I have to imagine there is beer out there. And really, all you're talking about is having the THC in there. But if you didn't have that Oh, yeah, I'm, there, I'm sure there's can the shitload of cannabinoid-infused bullcrap. Yeah. Yeah, like, I'm sure there's a CBD beer out there, which I, I, I don't know how no, that would fuck work. CBD with your witch hazel fucking oil. Whatever. <laughs> it's all about the THC. It's all about the fun part. Um, but here's the question. As someone who hasn't done that, is there really a f taste to it? Like, is there any reason someone would want, like, a weed strain taste with their THC lace beer? No, you definitely don't want to taste it. And, like, 
it's not it's kind of weird because it's almost like tasting a smell like if you follow my drift on that no i i get that yeah yeah because like um even when if you have like concentrate or stuff like that like you get concentrate and you put like a size of a rice you know a piece of rice on a thing and it'll fuck your day up because it's like so concentrated sure but like it still kind of tastes just like a concentrated version of like what you would smell as you do it it's weird like there's okay. definitely like a grainy-ish taste to it but it still tastes like what it smells like because like the hop family isn't far off from the weed family so i didn't know if there is like a like hops have so many different flavors if the flavors if brewed into a beer would it actually make the flavor completely different that would be interesting to see though i want to i'm there's gotta be a thc beer out there somewhere because isn't yeah. there like a ton of different like weed strands and oh, flowers dude, so just the, like hops the, i think they are like the, weed, weed growers and fucking craft beer people are not that far apart that's what i mean so i don't i mean i'm all hey i like jim I'm all for it. I'm one of those people that say, just at this point, legalize everything. Just tax the shit out of it so it can help with that bullshit. You're an adult. You set an age limit. Maybe it helps. I don't know. Yeah, make it all legal. Fuck it. Can't handle that's on you. Whatever. Stay out of my business, government. Damn it, Jim. Big big government trying to take my rules. (laughs) Jim's like, let me look at my hentai in peace. That's goddamn right. <laughs> what I do with an octopus damn <laughs> is my it. goddamn business. That's animal cruelty. <laughs> Not if it's drawn, Bry. That's what the perverts use as their excuse. Uh... Next up from Burn Retinas. Which one do you hit up first? Van's Warp Tour or Ozfest? Never been to either. I knew I've known a lot more people who do Ozfest. Who've done Ozfest, I should say. That may have been are either of those a thing anymore? Uh, Ozfest, I'm pretty sure isn't. I think Vans came back once or twice from its heyday. I was gonna say, how long was Vans around? Like, didn't it get started late or like early 2000s? I think it was more late 90s. Let me look that up. Was it? Huh. Uh, maybe, maybe there was a Vans Warped Tour still going every year. I'll be damned. I'll be goddamned. So, yeah, apparently, it started in '95. Uh, wow. Yeah, so it went around from 98 to 02, and then again in 2013. Oh, no, that's just Australia. It's the longest-running music tour date. Yeah, so it's still going since 95. No shit. All right, so, Jim, based on... I was going to see if we could see real quick what the, like, latest lineup was at each one. Um, I'm sure there's a way. Let me see here. All right, I got... Okay, so I got one from 2019... Okay, so Van Warp Tour, 311, A Day to Remember, I don't know who that is, uh, The All-American Rejects, Andrew W.K. And- well, here, I got uh, 2021s up here. Oh, go ahead. So, Cobra Starship, don't know them. My Chemical Romance, I know that's a big, like, one or two off reunion they're doing. Mindless Self-Indulgence, know them. The Used, haven't heard from them in ages. Fallout Boy, Green Day, Offspring, Hollywood Undead, Nine Inch, or Ice Nine Kills, which is... Did you ever hear of them? Uh-uh. So there's this like random offshoot. I don't know if Shakobi uh, Shaddix from Papa Roach is always with them, but like I randomly heard like one of their songs on uh, like satellite radio one day. I was like, it's actually pretty good that he was doing with them. Then like okay. the middle's like a weird breakdown. It's almost like, almost like imagine like the weird breakdown from fucking 
uh, Paradise by the Dashboard Light, if it was too self-aware and like kind of tried to rip off Event Sevenfold when the Rev was still alive. I'm throwing gotcha. a lot at this right now. Yeah. But yeah. So, uh, Motionless and White, never heard of. Rob Zombie, yeah, Marilyn Manson. Surprised he's there. Uh, Wait, they're Sli- at the Vans tour? Yeah. Huh. Slipknot, Falling in Reverse, Static X. How'd they, how they do that? I thought Wayne Static died. Maybe they have a new guy there. Uh, Dope, Anthony Amarin, whoever that is. Water Parks, Cancer Bats, Wednesday 13, Rancid. Why is Rancid so far down? Andrew <laughs> WK, Aquabats, Bring Me the Horizon. All right, so... And I'm looking right now at the OzFest lineup. It's Ozzy, Rob Zombie, Marilyn Manson, Jonathan Davis, Body Count, Zach Sabbath, Devil Driver. Is it Driver, still going? And Wednesday. It says get your tickets now. They have their tour dates set up. So, Oh. I don't, I'll be damned. I mean, unless that, that was an old thing, that's what I'm reading. Yeah, but I mean... Like I, I went to Ozfest two thousand one. Never went to Van's Warp Tour. I think at this point, I would probably be more likely to go to a Van's just because. Well, you just uh, named some of the people you named are in Ozfest, and if Ozfest is that limited in their number compared to Van's, Van's just has more variety. And having yeah. gone to neither, I, I can't imagine like like I I think more variety would overall be better. So. I guess I would go Vans. So Ozfest meets Notfest ticket. So Ozfest is joining with Slipknot. Okay. Yeah. But but like you said, in Vans, Slipknot's there. So is Oz. So. Okay. Yeah. So Ozfest went from '96 to '08, and then 2010 to '13, and then '15 to '18, and I guess it's coming back again. So. Okay. Interesting. Random. Okay. Sure. I mean, it's amazing Ozzy can still go on tour, so... That's yeah. where my head is at, is like, is it going to be one of those things? Like, I saw Aerosmith and Run DMC when they were older, but could still definitely do it. And one of the... Like, I really would love to see the Rolling Stones, but there's another part of me that goes, how are they actually... Is it going to be one of those, like, aww moments versus... Well, I, you know what? My brother saw them, like, two years ago, and he was like, they were still surprisingly decent. Yeah. Even though their drummer, Charlie Watts, just died, so it's only two of them left, but... Yeah. But that's one of those, like, there are certain bands that I regret not being able to see. Ozzy at this stage, I'm okay if I don't ever see him. Yeah, I mean, when I saw him in 01, when I saw him in 01, I was like, yeah, this is fine, but I was also, like, getting heat stroke by then, so, like, I couldn't (laughs) truly enjoy it. (laughs) Drinking your sugary drinks. No, I didn't even drink my sugary drinks. I had, like, one big-ass water in the beginning of the day. And then I could have bought another water or a poster, so I bought a poster. And that was not smart. Oh, Chambers. <laughs> and I don't nah, but... have the poster anymore. But it did scare my grandmother one time when she stayed over, so it was kind of worth it. There you go. <laughs> so, yeah, good question, Burned. Yep. Uh, next up. Oh, fuck. Where did I put those questions? Eh. T- From don't Alex ever Perez. do that again. Eh. From Alex Perez. Uh, here we go. We knew this was coming. I mean, come on, Jim. Brian can't go mentioning this seemingly infamous drum symbol story about you. Expect us not to want to know what the hell that's about. Jim's crusty corner is getting the rare two weeks in a row entry. Oh, <sighs> <okay>. <sighs> well, good, Brian. <laughs> well, so we were there. I, this is where I get confused. Was it your Zach's or was it yeah, Burns? Your Zach's. It was your. So our buddy was, you know, one of the many bachelor parties and. 
I'll say our group did it up. We usually had a crew of anywhere from 8 to 12 guys. Um, Usually rented a house. And in this particular case, we were... At that night, we were in Lake George. And we were in a really nice, like, log cabin-esque place. But, um, you know, we... We were drinking very heavily, and Jim has this thing of, he'll drink the same as everybody, but get deathly, like, knockout drunk much, much faster. And for whatever reason, I think you were drunk or fell asleep. I fell asleep. You you stayed home while we went out to the bar. And while we were at the bar, Jim decided to make, not some of the bagel bites, but... Well, a a couple people stayed back. It was like me, Gunn, a couple of us were there. And I was the only one who made bagel bites, goddammit. But what were you the only one that did, Jim? I was the only one who tripped and dropped his bagel bites into the tub. <laughs> so, floating bagel bites, and while our other buddy tried to moon somebody and fell in between the the <laughs> the hot tub and a wall. So, um, yeah, it was, Jim was a drunken, drunken mess. Bagel bites all over the place in the hot tub. And uh, when Jim gets like that, it's natural we fuck with him. Now, we did have a particular group with us of our buddy's friends that we don't usually hang with, who, it's all fun and games to mess with Jim. I'd say some of the things they did might have taken it too far, like we tried to make Jim a burrito and they decided to dump coke on him. I don't know why that was a thing, but that was, like, really what set Jim off, and because... Because I was passed out, so they decided to, like, wrap me in a burrito and then dump, like, coke on me and shit like that. Yeah, I don't get the soda part, but that happened, so Jim... You know, had had to strip off for some reason. Butt-ass naked, running through the house, really pissed off. <laughs> and just standing at the threshold of the door, butt-ass naked in all of his glory. And there's a drum set right there. He decides to pick up a cymbal and throw it. And it, like, leaves a pretty decent goddamn mark in the wall. And as we said, this is like somebody's house. So this is probably some kid's drum set that he's just throwing cymbals for. And as a drummer, I thought you'd have more respect for it, Jim. Nah, fuck him. <laughs> but yeah, when Jim gets ma- gets mad when he gets drunk, he's a thrower or a kicker or a whatever. But yeah, he doesn't get really angry outside of being super drunk. So I that's guess when that's when all the rage comes out. That's when the rage comes out. So then, uh, I don't even that's, think that's you'd... that's when everything I suppress bottles up. But yeah, I mean, like, the, I mean, the true visual from that whole thing wasn't me the throwing of the symbol. It was me running around trying to chase the one guy down naked with my little dinghy flopping in the air because I'm doing it. <laughs> and of course, like any true Jambers Wambers, you still had your big white socks on. <laughs> of course, I had my big white socks on. <laughs> Got to be comfortable. It's a visual that no one will ever get out of their minds because, as he said, he's running around. It's it was um it was a sight to behold. That's all I'll say. <laughs> so yeah, symbol into the wall, naked Jim, and I don't even think he bothered getting dressed. I think he fell asleep naked that time. That time. Yeah, I went back to sleep naked. <laughs> so yeah. <laughs> Fuck all you. Look at my rolls. <laughs> Jim, it wasn't the rolls I was worried about. <laughs> well, Brian, there wasn't that much else to look at. So, Jim, either pull your pants up or pull your ass crack down. I can't. I cannot pull my ass crack down. It's extended because of a cyst. You do it. No, I can't. I literally cannot. It's a zigzag. So there you go, Alex. That's the Jim, the abridged, easy Jim symbol version. Yep. Lucky me. And last up from Michael Soto. 
I was a big fan of Hercules to Legendary Journeys and Xena Warrior Princess growing up. I'm curious to what your thoughts on both series were, and have you ever played any of the tie-in games? Xena had two different games, an adventure game on PS1 and a 3D arena brawler on the N64, while Hercules had a Legend of Zelda-like clone on the N64. Hmm. I know the, Z- the Xena game on N64. Never know, played it. Yeah, I know. I never both, played of any of these. But I know both Xena games. I never knew about the Hercules game. Um, Hercules was a weird situation where I knew about that show because of the toys, and I had a lot of toys. Like I had the Hydra. I remember it was like a yellow Hydra with a bunch of heads. I think there was like a Minotaur. And at least one or two others. And then him himself, like, with he had, like, a cool sword and these, like, uh, gauntlets or whatever the fuck you call them. And I remember I was like, oh, this is, like, a show. And I just thought it was, like, Greek mythology bullshit. So then I, I watched a few episodes of the show. It didn't really grab me. And Xena, like, knowing that it was kind of ripoff, by that point I was completely out of it. So I'll be honest, I've never watched any of the Xena but I did watch a few of the Hercules because I was so obsessed with the toys back in the day. Yeah, I didn't really watch either. So, even though looking back, Lucy Laws, age like fine wine, she did. Damn it, Jim. Fine wine. <laughs> um, Jim, the only reason, the best thing about Xena was the fact that it spawned uh, that Treehouse of Horror episode where Xena needs Zex. Yeah, she's that was in a good the bag. <laughs> the collector. Oh man, I'm looking at these these uh, Hercules toys now. They're still so awesome. I'll have to look into that. I don't even remember there being fucking Hercules toys, so I learned something. Well, about time. Symbol boy. Yeah. <laughs> oh yeah. Old dick too. Mm. Right, stop looking at toys. I can't help it. Now I want to go find them. So yeah, um, I'll go Hercules just because that's my connection. Yep. And I will go with Zenith because of the crusty corner. And that wraps up the Patreon questions for this week. So once again, thank you to all of our lovely patrons. We really do truly appreciate it. And if you are new to the page, head on over to patreon.com slash drink a beer play a game where for as little as $2 a month. You can ask a question we'll answer on each and every single one of these Power Hour podcasts. All of our deepest, most embarrassing stories can come to light. Thank you, guys. (laughs) Of course, if you're listening to this on iTunes, please leave a five-star review. Feel free to bash us in it. We will read whatever review that you put in there. Anything you can do helps the page. So iTunes or Spotify, make sure to follow us on there as well. Nice. So once again, thank you, guys. We truly, truly appreciate it. Now, Jim, this is a a good gamer's mad because I actually decided to read the entire article you put up here. Um, and yeah, we, I'm actually pissed at myself because I didn't link the fucking the Twitter thread where you can see all the real rage. But, yep, got a new Gamers Mad this week. This set everyone off about last week. And Forbes put up an opinion article called... Jim, uh, it's Bloomberg. What? It's Bloomberg. Oh, it is Bloomberg. I'll be damned. <laughs> Bloomberg opinion. How gaming will change humanity as we know it. The self-contained nature of games means that they are not only eroding mass culture, but also making government regulation more difficult. Because that's what we need more of. Did you did you decide to read the entire thing or did you skim it? No, I read the whole thing. So I did too, and, and here's my question. At first it read like he's almost trolling. Like he's almost like you just laughed and said, like, he's worried about not being able to regulate it enough. 
Right. That's one piece of it. But so his first argument, and is it wrong? I don't know. But he basically said, hey, the arts, as they always have been and were between music, painting, literature, even film he'll throw in, are in the sphere of elitist who who value themselves as, as academics and they complement one another and they inspire one another. But video games are in this world all onto themselves, which don't need to be involved with those other like avenues. And basically cause you have these self-contained worlds and it's very individual, even even when you're talking multiplayer, like it's its own little network. And right. how that's its own thing. What's amazing to me is somebody in 2021 is writing this shit like video games just came around. Like, this shit's been around long enough. Why guys, have it, you heard of this? Yeah, it's like, guys, there's this new thing called video games. Like, the fuck are you talking about? These have been around forever. Whoa, Pope died. It's not, <laughs> damn it. It's not even like a multiplayer shit's brand new. Um, but then he takes it to a weird direction and talks about the fact that because they can't be regulated, essentially, like micro currencies can be created in games and tied with cryptocurrency and that would be a way to like if you wanted to upend in so many words like the dollar you could almost test it through video games and that there needs to be more regulation in the event that happens because he thinks that'll take over that too i'm like dude what the fuck are you talking about like at the end of the day yeah, like the whole point of video games are true escapism, and he does touch on that. He and he acknowledges people make billions of dollars from it. It's an industry that's bigger than all of what do you say, uh, film and sports put together. Like, yeah, he's, he was kind of alluding to that. Like, so he's acknowledging, hey, this is obviously a money maker. Um, but he did say, like, when you're doing video games, it's it is like you are competing. Whereas the other things are are just uh, you're taking them in, whereas we've talked about this many times. How often are you just sitting back and taking in a video game? You're not. You're like actively participating. So it's a completely different medium. I just didn't understand one why he's making the point and two why he wants regulation in this shit because he's worried about a potential. Because he's worried about the metaverse that arrives where gaming will swallow many more institutions and create countervailing versions of them. And whether you belong to the world of gaming, it's coming for your worlds. I hope you're ready. Shut the fuck up. Well, here's my question, Jim. If I was playing Devil's Advocate, I wanted to say there was one truth to what he was saying. As we've seen with microtransactions and as we see with all the bullshit and buying in-game currencies and whatnot. Right. My worry is more, like, the influence of outside, like, crypto shitheads who, like, decide they want to incorporate that now into games. And even you, gaming is a form of mining, and it's being turned for a profit. Like, if it develops into that system, that would kind of suck. Like, imagine if everybody found a new game that was, like, a Sims-esque thing, and you work in the virtual world, and now you're creating this virtual currency in this secondary world that is netting true profits for some cyber shithead. Does that bother you at all? Yeah, but if you kind of know that going into it, then... Hey, I'm saying, what if you're not being told that? Would that bother you? Uh, no, I mean, if you don't know that going in, then yeah, that's definitely shitty. And I'm sure that's an exploit that will happen someday. We, we I mean, we talked about an article a couple weeks ago yeah. where it's like, 
found out that like there's like a little baseline code where like basically they were mining shit using people's Off of information people using crap like their that. great computers while they were playing games basically yeah yeah so yeah it's definitely gonna be a more of a big problem but i just think i, don't, I can't see it being that big of a deal for in the long run for a while though because like because like even the world of crypto is still like i mean it's becoming more and more of a thing and more of a meme and like I, what was it? Ecuador or Salvador made like Bitcoin, like it's like a national currency. So, like, there's little strides here and there to try and make it a thing. But I don't know. I still think until like the major powers of the world, like you know, try and actually incorporate it with fiat currency. I, just, I mean, I think this guy's just mad that what do you call it? like fucking. He's more mad that like books aren't as popular anymore. Yeah, and that's and he points out like, books are on the decline, movies are on the decline, even sports are on the decline. But games are going up, up, up. And, you know, here's a question. Well, yeah, we've been locked in our fucking houses for a year and a half. What do you want? I, and I'll be honest, you and I have talked about this. We have kids. We don't want to see our kids just sitting and playing video games all the time. And he mentioned, like, in China, they have that crazy, like, you can't play more than three hours a day rule. Like, they're they're worried about the youth. Like, hey, it could be so much easier, even more than it was before to get this idea that your life is gaming, especially when you see people making money off of it and like throwing away careers or potential opportunities just to game. Um, is that a future you want? Like as cool as it is that our kids in theory, Hey, you could make uh, an entire living doing that. You don't want that for them. No, I want them to have real skills. Yeah, exactly. And then that's where the argument could lead in the future is like, well, what do you define? Like, would you be happy if your kid was a professional athlete? And then if she gets hurt, she has no other real skills. Is that right. equivalent to being a gamer who could make more money and never get hurt and do it for the rest of her life? Yeah, I mean, it's like anything else. You put all your eggs in one basket. That's, yeah. you know, a form of escapism entertainment. That's the risk you take. Yeah. So but that, that could be your only skill. And then you blow out your knee and then you fucking, you know, you stock shelves the rest of your life. No disrespect to stock shelvers, but you know what I'm saying. Yeah. But that's my point is like when, you know, this idea. The fuck of, is, are you sitting by a goddamn wind chime over there? No, that's the, uh, my ring alarm for outside. Oh. I thought my volume was down, but it keeps, I think it overrides that. Um, but I, like I said, I think he's being a shithead on how he wrote this article and everything he's trying to say. Um, he is just worried about all these other avenues, they're not as important to gamers. <clears throat> Granted, movies are never going to go away, no. but they're not the thing. Just like radio essentially went away, it's still here, but it's not what it was. And, right. and everything has a time and place. I mean, we don't live in the world where our friends gather and have discussions about paintings. Like, and that's a big thing probably elsewhere or whatever. It's just, yeah, that what is considered art moves. And I think what he missed in this is to many people, video games are art. They're interactive art, but you could view them as art to a degree. My favorite thing about this article though, and that's why maybe I'll try and find the old uh, tweet too, is because like everyone previously read like two paragraphs in to the one line where he's like, you know, there are people he's, they, it was basically along the line. You know what? Fuck it. I'm not going to butcher this. I'm going to find this goddamn exact quote. <laughs> Uh, okay, when he said, it is easy to become a world-class performer in a game without knowing much about the broader culture. So that line alone is gave off up. the, 
one, it is a dumb line, but the fucking gamers coming out and going, what? No, no, it takes not goddamn practice, and, you, and it takes forever to learn how to perfect the game. You don't know what it takes to get to fucking protect the game. And my fucking, I've dedicated my life to protecting the game. It's like when Ninja did a stupid little comparison to like being a field goal kicker years ago. It was like that times like a thousand people in this thread. And I was like, oh God, the fucking ga- the, the gamer bros are fucking mad again. Well, here here's the thing. Like, it's not that fucking like. It's yes, also like, not incorrect. Like, yet you don't. What he said is you don't need to know about the culture, meaning outside shit, all those other avenues he talked about to be a good gamer. That's true, but that's you can make that same argument. Like, you don't need to be a world class cellist and have need to have read all the great literature of the world and be in touch with everything else to do that. Like, there that's a skill based thing. The only times culture needs interact is probably when you're a writer, uh, something with movies and music, because you probably do need to be a little more influenced by the times and things going on. Yeah, as a gamer, anything competitive, do you think fucking Tom Brady needs to be up on the latest everything else in other cultures to do what he does? I don't know, right? He, Tom Brady's pretty awesome, so <laughs> I want to put, put it past him if Damn you didn't know that. Jim. I'm just saying, like... This guy can't overlook the fact that he's trying to compare something that we're not saying the skill is equal, but it, is, it does take skill to be a world-class gamer in that avenue. And yes, yeah, just like anything that takes a skill, it doesn't need to have the other culture involved. So Yeah, I, I just love the, uh, the rage that came from people reading a half sentence and going, no! <laughs> so did you think when- the rage was... Too much, or kind of on par for how shitty of a weird article this was. It it was just misdirected because like the real bitch of this article for me is the guy like opining for more government regulation because gaming's gonna ruin society. That's like, the part that are, got me, and people yeah. are gonna forget culture. And like my thing with all the fucking gamers is they read that half sentence and they just turned it off and eventually went, fuck, you know, trying to fucking white knight the fucking integrity of their precious video games that they've mastered. Like shut the fuck up. Yeah. I mean, there's still, and maybe you and I are, are just from the generation, even when we're doing it for the site, and even when we're doing it forever, is there a part of you when you're playing games that it almost feels like a selfish endeavor, that you don't get the same feeling like if you're just watching TV? Like, I still get a feeling like, oh, I feel like I should be doing something else. Like, if I play oh. a game too long. like, And I know, this is like, I don't watch TV but games are... I was going to say, like, fucking... If I'm watching TV, I'm like, man, I should be gaming right now. That's what I want to do. But that just is maybe a me thing, then, that I just always feel like... Maybe I should be, like, working out or doing... Like, I don't know, just doing something else. I, I, I get such precious little time to game at this point that it fucking feels like a treat when I get to do it, so... True. Too busy doing all, other goddamn shit all the goddamn time. <laughs> fucking goddamn house. <laughs> Jim, don't sound better. <laughs> oh. Is it is it gonna overtake your meta world, Jim? <laughs> oh my my meta's been overtaken, Brian. <laughs> so you want not games. by gaming though. <laughs> you want not games by gaming, to overtake though. that meta. <laughs> I just need that goddamn sweet release. Give me some kind of release. So you guys let us know. The link is below to the Bloomberg article. You let us know. Take a second though, but read it like Jim said. Don't just read the highlights. The regulation is the part that drives me nuts too. I'm like, who the fuck wants more regulation? Apparently this guy does, so you let us know what you think. Live in your pod. Let the daddy government protect you. All right, Chambers. 
You're going to have to read this one because I don't know if you mistyped it or if it was sent a little bit weird. Oh, okay. So, um, so actually, Genovi, good friend of the show, he uh, kind of, I was in a random Twitter thread after, like, post, like, because I was at Walmart and I saw that, like, Balan Wonderworld got, like, slashed down already like crazy. And we'll save, like, he posted two good ideas for topics and I'm saving one for next week. But he had a good one here where, um, basically the idea is what is, okay, the con, ah, that's why I fucked up the wording. Hold on one second. (laughs) <laughs> the console we played the least amount of games on for a console that we like actively went out and bought. It's like a console that we always wanted. We finally went out and bought it, but it wound up being like the one we just like touched the least, basically. Ooh. For me, it would probably be the Dreamcast because I really wanted it. I love that there was... That other than Neo Geo, that was the first like arcade light system in my eyes, and for everything it did. And I have like I don't know ten games for it, but I was convinced like that was going to be my next big system that I really went all in on. And I, like I said, I started with like Code Veronica, um, and I had a a few other games, but really it died off very fast for me with that system. Not for anything more than I just never really got around to it. Unfortunately, now prices are just way too high for trying to collect for it, except for some games I've been able to find recently, which is crazy. But outside of that, like, it's a system, yeah, it just died at the vine really quickly for me. And I, and it's a system that I think has amazing games. But I'm just, I, I've now settled in myself, like, unless it's a horror game, I'm never going to go back and try and get the big games for it or whatever, like... I was so adamant of wanting that system and then it just never went anywhere for me. Yeah, actually funny enough, Dreamcast was my answer too. Because when I really like, you know, the mid 2010 early mid 2010s when I really got into like, you know, trying to get the consoles I never had before and like di- diving into all these stuff. I was like, "Oh, I want to get a Dreamcast. I want to get a Dreamcast." And I finally got one at a flea market. And then I took it home and like, you know, I got a, I got some games for it. And everyone I played, I was just like, yeah, it's alright. Or it's like, it's either, it's alright, or it's a game that's been ported later on by that point to, like, mm-hmm. the PS2 or the GameCube, and they were they were ported better to them. So, like, yeah, it's one of those ones that's just weirdly, like, I mean, I've talked about it before, where, like, a lot of the best games for it are either arcade ports, ports from another system, or stuff that got wound up getting ported to something better. So, yeah, yeah it's just, it's, I... Out, really, outside of Typing of the Dead, I have no reason to ever turn it on. <laughs> Damn it, Jim. <laughs> uh, yeah, it's a it's a fair thing. And, I yeah, you, all those points you make strengthen what I'm thinking. Like, And unfortunately, right now, I think you and I both have the same idea. I think we both kind of want to get a Saturn. And I fear that could fall in the same category. Because I feel like we are close to some bullshit coming out where it's like all the Saturn classics that you need released here, and I'm I sure I don't think I don't think happen. we're ever gonna we're never gonna get I don't think we're ever gonna get a Saturn Mini, but I wouldn't be surprised. I'm actually shocked there's never been a big Saturn digital collection ever made by anyone. Yeah, exactly. So, yeah, Dreamcast for both of us. It's a system that is impressive but it's at the same time it's very forgettable for a reason so yeah 
That's that's my go-to. Right, we're gonna trigger the Dreamcast diehards. Hey, man. They are small but mighty. I mean, at least they're not as bad as those Genesis torques. Yeah, right. <laughs> <Fuck this>. <laughs> <sighs> All right. But now, when I saw that, I was like, "Ooh, there's a good topic." No, so, Genovi, yeah. that 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 is a good topic. I think, you know, I thought of like some of the PlayStation like three and four. But the thing is, I still actively want to buy for that, and I will continue to buy for those systems. Obviously, three, the, it's another one. It's crazy expensive, but I've never stopped wanting to keep playing and buying new games for that. Whereas the Dreamcast, uh, once again, unless it's horror, I've given up completely. Yep. Yeah. All right. So, as a uh, returning um, article, this comes to us from The Verge. It's finally, there was a ruling made in the Apple Epic case, which, uh, short story is, if you don't recall, we talked about Epic was suing Apple um, because they basically wanted a percentage of the purchases done within the Epic Store from their iOS app. And in the ruling... um, there was two rulings here, and this is where Jim and Earl, when I read the whole article, I was a little confused, but the first ruling basically said, hey, Apple, you're not allowed to um, prevent stop- people from using a third-party like purchasing option in your exactly, apps. Exactly, within your yeah. app. You can't stop them. But in a separate judgment, they also confirmed that Epic was in breach of the contract with Apple when it implemented those alternate payment system. And so they owe Apple $3.5 million. Which is nothing. For Which, them, it, but... Yeah, for Epic, it's nothing. Now, Epic is going planning on appealing, and they're pissed off about that piece. Um, but they... It's, you know, it's cool. funny. It's like both won and both lost? Like, yeah, we're... so moving forward, they said that whole idea of, like, uh, Apple can't stop people from using third party is going to get implemented in December. So moving forward from there, then companies could do it. But kind of for backed payment, Epic owes that 30%, that $3.5 million. You know, when you and I talked about this, we said um, it's one of those, like, I don't know how, and $3.5 million, obviously, if that's 30%, then Epic did pretty good going through the iOS app. I mean, if, like, you're going to use that, it's, like, pay to play, almost, yeah, so um, I, I took some screenshots of a guy who kind of summed it up. So let's see here. Uh, so the judge said that Epic failed to prove that Apple was a monopoly, which is a big win for Apple. Like mm-hmm. Apple not being a monopoly was like their biggest win. So, but disliked Apple's anti-steering rules and has issued an injunction saying Apple must let uh, game devs link out to alternate payment systems. And although Epic Games claims it would not have a viable way of monetizing Fortnite without being able to sell in-app content, the record shows it monetizes Fortnite in nine other ways. Yeah. Uh, so it calls, so just calls Epic's testimony about intending to use the store for non-gaming apps suspect. Clearly unconvinced by Epic's argument that this is all from Steve uh, Tutillo. I think he's like the CEO for Kotaku or something like that, but he's given a pretty good uh, rundown. So clearly unconvinced by Epic's argument that the store commissions are just payment processing fees. Generally not impressed with Epic's arguments about how it runs its own store and about Apple's 30% cuts. The evidence is substantial that the economic factors driving the rate do not apply equally to Apple as they do the gaming industry. Nothing other than legal action seems to motivate Apple to reconsider pricing and reduce rates. 
so yeah, uh, in a weird way, both kind of won, both kind of lost. Yeah, it wasn't a win. It, it, you know what it was? It's almost funny that the judge was kind of like the general consensus where everyone just kind of went, fuck both of you. Yeah, yeah. I mean, well, here's the deal. If you're Epic, you have such a problem, don't go on Apple products. You're going to lose out on a huge portion of your money. And if you're Apple, this is the only time, like, I might not love it, but at the same time, Apple, is it high what they're taxing people? Yeah, but at the same time, like... It's also standard. Google does the same. Yeah, they can afford to do it. Like, you're on the biggest platform possible for mobile gaming. So, either get with us and pay us, or don't. Either way... It, it I, is funny, though, because, like, a thing that's coming from it that a lot of people are hoping, pardon me, is uh, especially for, like, our streamer friends, because uh, when you give people bit donations or money donations on a stream, say, through using Twitch app on Apple, okay. Apple takes a cut of that. Hmm. So this is a thing now where, like, creators could actually benefit from it if it means okay. that app, if they have a way around it, like with Streamlabs or whatever, Apple can't take a cut of it and shit like that. Well, I, I wasn't aware of that, and if that is the case, then yeah, I definitely like I like that. Like that seems a little odd that any financial transaction on an Apple phone would make a cut to Apple, but if it's yeah, that's weird. So like Yeah, you said, so yeah, it was kind of it was kind of eye opening. But yeah, Apple got the big win of not being a monopoly and Epic got the win of, you know, going forward, being able to use separate payment processing on, you know, whatever thing they use. Yeah. Hmm. So, yeah, kind of a kind of a weird middle ground that I don't think anyone was really expecting, but it's, like, the most common sense ruling, almost? Yeah. Yeah, it's... That's a weird one. But either way, yeah, $3.5 million for Epic is... I mean that's nothing. They, it's a, it's a Fortnite month makes for that in like an hour, probably. <laughs> yeah, that's yeah. what I'm like. So yeah, come on. But you guys, let us know what you think about that below. Um, like I said, we did say we want to follow it. So unless the appeal from Epic goes anywhere, I mean that's pretty much the close of that case. So yeah, that'll be the next thing to follow. See what the and it's almost weird they're appealing. Like, because I mean, if you're appealing to three million that you could easily pay, you're just doing it to be a dick at that point, mm-hmm. and like you're just doing it to make iTunes spend more money to try and fight it. That's, but if they're trying to appeal the whole monopoly from ruling, then hey, yeah, have at it. So they you, they both have all the money in the world to make this last forever. <laughs> so you guys, let us know what you think in the comments below. Right, we could live in a world where the epic Apple, uh, Apple, the epic and Apple lawsuit and the Chris Chan trial all go to the Supreme Court and become like you know <sighs> ruling precedents going not forward. Going anywhere? That is, uh, there's a chance. There's there's not a chance, Jim. <laughs> there's a chance, Bry. There's there's a hope. No, <laughs> let, let a man dream, Bry. This isn't Star Wars. It's not a new hope, Jim. <laughs> <laughs> so, uh, Jim, I have a. A witch is worse for you, and I I worded it a little odd, but I want you to follow my thinking with this. Um, so what what is worse to you? Being we've talked many times, how many times? And it kind of was inspired by as I was drinking this beer. Being a game that is just like the most average of average, like say like a fighting game, that's not bad enough to almost rag on it and laugh about it being bad. But it's definitely not good enough to be memorable. So you're just right there. 
uh, like at that perfect five out of ten, or being like that popular game that you get shit on for playing, and it's like one of the most hated games, a la Fortnite, Minecraft. Um, obviously, I'm not talking from a money making because they don't compare. Right. But I'm saying to you as a personal gamer, like, what do you prefer more? Like, do you prefer, do you think it's worse to just be that average or be a game that's so popular and maybe like Call of Duty that every year they keep churning out and they're going to get hated on just because they're the thing now? Like, which 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 is a worse place to be from a gaming perspective? Oh, pain, especially if you're asking a guy like me. Being painfully, there's nothing worse than being painfully average. Because no one fucking cares. Like, you will never get played. You will never be talked about. No one will ever remember you. It's way worse to be painfully average. You may be able to, like, you know, be like, oh, hey, we play better. And you can be like, yeah, you do play better, but you're boring. No one cares. Like, if you give people something to talk about, you know, you have a legacy going there. You know, yeah. it's it's almost better to be infamous than never known at all. That kind of deal. Is there any part of you, and I, I think I already know the answer, but, like, now that you... You, look, right. Like, if you if you ask me right now, what would I rather play, Power Moves or Rise of the Robots? I would say Rise of the Robots every time. Gotcha. Yeah. But is there a part of you? And I ask this to you because I know there is a part of you that likes that like weird. I want to like the unique niche thing and not the popular thing. Like you, you generally go that way, and you give goofy answers when you know, like, hey, I like the popular thing. But I want to give something a little more unique. Right. So, so like, even if you know, uh, for example, like, you might catch shit for every time we say, like, hey, we're big Call of Duty fans. We play it every year. Da, 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 da. Right. You might be more tempted to say, and I'm not saying Titanfall is a bad game because obviously you and I love it. But that's that's one, for the most part, you have the people that know about it and love it. But most people don't even know about it. And it yeah, it's, it's pretty fall, forgotten by now. Fall into that. It was an average game from a legacy standpoint. Even if it was fun to play at the end of the day, it's just another shooter with a cool mechanic. Yeah, it's, Titanfall is a real shame because the first one, the first one was a cool mechanic that was kind of bland, like bland and bare bones everywhere else. But man, fucking two had a the really good fucking great. single player. Yeah. Yeah. And, and, and no one, and no one cared. No one cared. No one played it. So in, in the annals of time, it, that will be a game that, you know, 10 years from now, people will be like, oh, underrated gems of the Xbox One era. And yep. that, that could easily be one. That's but, that's one people already talk about like that. Yeah. yeah. But even sadder in the future is like, if there's not even a server you, you, to do multiplayer. You know what? You know what might be a better example of that is uh, like Sunset Overdrive. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. Because like, Painfully like, I, average, but fun as hell. Yeah, like I really liked it, but I can see why it like it had a huge push, but it bombed uh -huh. because at its core it is pretty much a painfully average game. Like if you if you've ever played an open world like, you know, like an infamous kind of game or Hulk Ultimate Destruction or you know, one of the goofier Saints Row kind of games. It's in that vein, but it, yeah. it's nothing you haven't seen before and it didn't do anything enough to set itself apart. But, you know, just the overall gameplay though was really fun and solid. Yeah. So, so for someone like you, yeah, you have a game like that, but at the same time, then you hate games. You hate the Uncharted games because you don't like that style. Right. And there are plenty of people. Just, I mean, look at like when Last of Us Two came out. How much people hate you had e either just love or just hate. 
So that would fall in the yeah. category of like, man, people fucking hated that game. So it's like, is it worse to be a game that's so divisive like that? Or like you said, like a game that is just average, it just goes nowhere. And yeah, no, it's worse to be average, it goes nowhere. Because, you know, for all the hatred The Last of Us 2 got when it came out, it's and all the love, it was still like the quickest pre-ordered game in PlayStation 4 history. So, yeah. So here's my question then: When you think of a game developer, or like, or even like fucking, or if you want to talk about like a really bad game, like I guess a good example would be like something like Ride to Hell Retribution, which is like easily considered one of the worst games ever made, and like it's not that's like one that like it definitely like it bombed when it came out and it got torched by reviews and everyone does say it's terrible, but. That's one that people are going to go back and play way more and talk about way more than Just say because it got the press, yeah. Right, yeah. That that's that's you know, if you go back from that era, like compare that to like a Kane and Lynch two, which no one ever talks about. So yeah. and Kane and Lynch two is a solid game. So, but it was just that was it. It was solid. So, no one cares. No, but no one's gonna, yeah no. So Army I, of Two Fortieth Day, solid game. No one cares. No one talks about. Yeah, it. even Army of Two, the first one, like it was a game that first. I love like, the first one. Mm -hmm. Yeah. But it goes. But nowhere. everyone. But yeah. But it, you know, at that point, it was just another cover shooter. So. So it's like you know it, you can make the same argument as like films, like you know, or music at the same time. Like as much as everyone clowns on, like let's say, like a Nickelback, they're one of the most hated. Do you think they don't get so much more shit sold because they're so hated? Versus you know for for as hated as they are, they are one of the most successful acts out there. They have sold so many yeah. fucking albums. Yeah. And that's an example, like, I think the same deal with games where I go, if you're a developer, not that you try to make a game that's hated, but, right. like, if you know you can make a game that's div divisive because maybe you do hit on all these simple cues that people love over and over, it, almost you know like what, there, a pop a version of a game. Yeah, know? there's a double-edged sword to that, too, though, because, like, when, De when Deadly Premonition 2 came out, like... Deadly Premonition 1 kind of got famous in spite of itself because it's not really a good game. But it was, like, just that kind of style and old school, like, almost throwback, but, like, really flawed horror game Yeah. that, for whatever reason, like, took on. Yep. So when he made the second one, he tried to do that again, but he tried too hard to, like, actually do it. It's like if Tommy Wiseau tried to, like, do a Room 2 by, like, jumping headfirst into making a Room 2. <laughs> Instead of, like, you know, accidentally just trying to make a bad movie and, like, failing miserably. Yeah. Oh, you know, okay, you know what? Fuck you. Here, here's a good example. <laughs> it's it's like it's like making a room or making a Sharknado, which tries to be a room. Yeah, like, when you... Yeah, the room works because the guy, for all his faults, and, like, most Ed Wood movies, they were trying to make a good movie. It turned it out terrible. But when you try to be in on the joke too much... That's when it comes off shitty. So, yeah. Right. No, no, I agree with that. And that's what I'm saying. Like, it's a shame because what we call average games, it's like Shaq Fu, if it didn't have Shaq involved, would have been one of those just average games, not the most hated of all time. Yeah, it would have been a completely forgotten fighter. Yeah. yeah. But uh, that's what I'm saying. Like, it, does it do better to be an infamous hated game, whether you're actually a good game or not, or, or an average I said it's an odd question to ask, but uh, it, it comes down to preference. I th I'm with Jim though. Like, get more eyes on you for one reason or another. And a lot of times, when you are a really hated game, chances are the hate is overblown, 
and you're yeah. gonna actually get looked at and be like people that decide let me see if it's actually as bad like probably every angry video game nerd video where you go and play a game you're like that's not that bad and then you go okay now i discovered a new game whereas i'm more tempted to see those games than when i see a guy review oh this random you know genesis game that no one's ever heard of and no one cares about you know i'm just like uh, okay right it's like half the shows i watch on youtube <laughs> oh i know jim oh i know <laughs> so you guys let us know in the comments what do you think is worse uh you know like i said very open-ended but i was curious especially for jim because i know how he likes to answer things yeah so jim uh to close out Something I did, I've wanted to do for a while. I do want us to talk about very kind of more specific, um, and this week is a little more specific. But we've touched on this before. But movies you want to see turned into games will be the segment. But this particularly, one of our favorite directors we've talked about before is Quentin Tarantino. And mm-hmm. would you? Is I guess a better question. Would you want to see any of his movies adopted into a game? You know what? You could make a really cool... I, I think there's already was a Reservoir Dogs game. I, th- I think there was, yeah. Yeah, so... I'm, I'm almost positive there was. Yeah, like, I couldn't tell anything about it. It was probably just, like, a GTA ripoff, but... Um, I You know what? I think, like, a Hateful Eight would make a really cool fucking, like, almost, like, old-school throwback whodunit detective kind of game. Because, like, for the most part, like, that's kind of what the movie is. Like... If, you know, the last half of the movie is so like it's a suspenseful kind of you know like what's going on here until the story all plays out and shit like that so i think that could be a cool one where like everyone's just locked in a room and like you kind of have to figure you know where you like you know a one-room house and you got to figure out what's going on and who's doing what and who you can trust or and i mean you could go like an easy like bayonetta style game with kill bill like you could do that too yeah, I was wondering with Kill Bill, yeah, you could go Bayonetta slash, like, any Devil May Cry-ish, almost, like... Yeah, like a stylized hack and slash. You could easily do that with that. And, you know, if you're going, like, a Tarantino, you could almost, for each each of the, like, uh, I forget the name of the women she kept fighting, but each one could be its own unique level. So, yeah, when you're going against the one with the, what is it, the 88 or 100, mani- fuck, what the hell is the name? I forget. But yeah, like make that one hack and slash, but maybe make the one where you're going against uh, the the cowboy one when you get buried a different style game and like like change it up per like you can make Django Sunset Riders for all you want. Like just be a shooting gallery. Um, Yeah, you can make fucking Death Proof a Chase HQ thing. Oh, dude, Death Proof that now you talk about a crazy game like, yeah, you do. I almost think of that like hotline miami but like you know you basically get you gotta pick someone up ride them in the car and like get in the accident i don't, I don't know something that's like a, a top down old school kill, kill bill could actually be a really good hotline miami game too yes yeah. kill bill could go with a lot of shit but that's what i'm saying like all those franchises though that's an unfortunate like where you say like Jang- I think Django would be a really cool open world game, like oh, a GTA, sure. yeah. like like Red Dead ish kind of game. You know what it yeah. would be the easiest thing is if they they just release an official mod for Red Dead Two and just yeah. did it Django. There, you got your engine. Now you just put your characters, get the dialogue, get the story, make it a short campaign. But imagine, and you could even do the same thing with, uh, yeah, the the um, the one you just mentioned, uh, fucking 
the the first movie. Why am Why am I blanking? What Reservoir? No, no, no. The the cowboy movie. Um, Django. No. Oh, Hateful Eight. Hateful, Hateful Eight. Eight. Yeah. yeah. Same deal. Like tie it off of other game systems, but just deal with it. Like I would gladly buy Red Dead Two if they did a Django mod to it. It would make it more interesting, probably. Yeah. Inglorious Bastards, like easy enough. Do a Call of Duty just with like yeah that easy World or, War Two game. You know, just do another World War Two game with Aldo Reigns. That's all you really need. <laughs> with bad based interrogation torture scenes. <laughs> exactly. Quick time events. <laughs> um, but like you know, yeah, Reservoir Dogs they did have a game for. So I just just checked. Um, it's tough to really tell what it kind of game it is it, they, they called it a run and gun okay third person shooter basically it's gotten pretty rough reviews jim so we might mm, actually I mean, have to look at it <laughs> i don't think i don't think reservoir dogs is uh strong suit was really it's high tense action scenes so see res- it a run and gun that's a little weird reservoir dogs would have been an interesting telltale game Yes, that would have been a good Telltale game. Don't you shoot my dad! Like Jackie Brown, that could have been another... I never saw Jackie Brown. Oh, you didn't? Okay. No. Um, I feel like we're missing some of his movies. Uh, Once Upon a Time in Hollywood? I don't know oh, what you do with that. Yeah, that would be a super tough... That's in, that's in... That could be a Telltale. Well, that could be a Telltale, or you definitely do an open world game, because I want to see that ending sequence played out. <laughs> like like a sandbox just set in like L.A. and Hollywood and all exactly. that shit. Exactly. Yeah, and maybe yeah. you're playing that Cliff guy, and you just add in a whole bunch of other like things. Like, yeah, oh, fight Bruce Lee, go drop this off. Yeah, like do another. Right, t- you'll make his granddaughter, who's done nothing with her life, see. <laughs> How dare they hurt his legacy? Even though nobody D- don't cared. don't you fuck up her pay pig. <laughs> but yeah, I mean, I don't know. I feel like Quentin Tarantino films would be so interesting and fun as a game experience that i know i'm hoping for a lot and of course we're forgetting pulp fiction like that yeah but i I was just like i don't know what the fuck you do with the pulp fiction game that's another one do you just go a level by level and make it unique to each like that's gonna be that's gotta be one of those weird games where it's a different game every fucking time that's what i mean with basically a whole bunch of mini not mini games wrong word but different game style within each Pulp Fiction as a WarioWare clone. Yeah, exactly. Make it happen. There you go. The, the, the gimp one. Jim's like, I like this one. <laughs> <laughs> Three seconds to turn around and hit him before you get... Uh, <laughs> so, yeah, I, I don't know. <clears throat> I wanted to throw this topic in here because I want us to throw in movies and really talk through it. Like, what we think... Right, right be- you expanded to the ones that he helped produce. Like, oh, let's make a Four Rooms movie. No. Nope. I, I actually don't mind Four Rooms, but... I like Four Rooms. Yeah, it's not... It's fine. It's, it's just not... It's, it's not game material. No, no. But, yeah, I think all of his movies, because, you know, they all lend themselves to such a unique game genre, and they're all so different, that... You know what I actually lo- would love for him to see? And it's going to be surprise, surprise. I want to see him do a horror movie, and his thinking, the way he does, like... I don't even know what to end Granite since he likes Grindhouse stuff. It would definitely be, be some kind of slasher. But I would love to see that. Yeah, it would be interesting. It would be interesting to see how it goes with it. Yeah. But, like I said, little little segment that I definitely, because I feel like there's a lot of movies that you and I have talked 
throughout the years like about but also you and i've just personally talked about like man it would be cool if we see this so i want to talk it through um but you guys let us know in the comments that could be a recurring bit yeah maybe fucking give it give us a director and we'll go through some movies and see what kind of games we want to see and even if it's just a movie or a series of movies let us know i have i have a lot in my head jim and some are going to really piss you off but it'll be interesting no, <laughs> oh, so Jim, how did that Yingling Light treat you? Old faithful, Brian. Old fucking faithful. She's always there when I need her. So if you need a nice little ninety-nine calorie treat for you, get a little boost of haul in with you. Funny enough, only two percent less alcohol than my smutty noses whizzes. So, I mean, nice and light. Nice a nice uh, light night for me. So, Yingling Oktoberfest, it's funny. Having gone through all these other ones, it's... Is it bland? It's a little less? painfully average. Oh. It, it's one Uh-oh. of those where I liked it before because I hadn't had enough Oktoberfest. Now, right. going through all these, I'm like, oh, okay. It's just super, super middle of the pack. So, not bad. If you've never had an Oktoberfest, it wouldn't be a terrible place to start. There's just better ones out there. So with that, we want to say thank you guys for listening. Thank you for watching. If you are watching on YouTube, please make sure you hit that subscribe button. Give us a like. Hit the notifications. Tell your friends about us. And if you're listening, as Jim already mentioned, please hit subscribe. And uh, give us a five-star rating. And even if you want to bash us, we will always answer any responses we get. And we want to say thank you once again for all the support. Have a good night. And cheers. Cheers, guys.